When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We go from Vogue's to the Iron Horse. Backwards hat kind of guy. It is. It is yeah. a, a buy Saturday for Sharpie. Brother, you had a, a good football game last night in Omaha as you were doing TV. You had the number one versus number two matchup uh, a little bit further south from where you were at in Class A in Lincoln. And, oh, yeah, we've been able to recalibrate all week and project to these next six. How are you? Good. Hey, my question is, do you think that Stanford was drunk dialing the Big Ten office this morning? <laughs> I hope so, as long as they can bring their friend Notre Dame with them. <laughs> How about that? I know you guys have talked about it. We'll, we'll probably touch on here a little bit. Um, yeah, so Bennington and Elkhorn North last night, a uh, great matchup, one versus two. Bennington's got a really, really good football program. As you guys know, they've won 34 in a row. Uh, and then Elkhorn North, Chase Lofton, who has got a dozen Power 5 offers, including Nebraska at tight end. The win was terrible last night. Anybody that was out at a high school game, the elements weren't great for really kind of the first time all year. So they weren't able to get him involved. So Bennington won. I'm not surprised Westside won 31-14. And from what I was told, because we were doing the B game on TV, that it could have been much worse. There were, there were some questionable things that were called in that game. But I, I don't know who in A is going to beat Westside. Yeah. You know, no. that's the well, thing. There's, we're in the discussion about the 23 Westside team being one of the better high school teams. But like two through about six in Class A, there's some really good teams that are going to battle it out to uh, you know see who gets to Memorial Stadium. Mm. Mm. And Gary, I did see it. it took some big plays down the stretch for that West Side team. They, they jumped out to a lead, and then Millard South made it close in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and, and so um, I've uh, talked to plenty of people that were at the game last night. West Side... Westside kind of was sluggish. And, you know, Millard South is an interesting team. They got six sophomores that start. And they got a really good quarterback and a really good wide receiver. And so they've got – Ty Wisdom's got a good thing going at Millard South. I, I think what happens in a game when you play Westside and, and, you know, and Westside then they went from a sluggish start and they're up 17 nothing, And then all of a sudden Millard South was like, hello, we're still on the field with you. You know, they pulled away at the end. I, I think the thing with Westside is everybody talks about their offense. And they got power five dudes on that side of the ball. Their defense is the thing that's going to win them. Um, but, I, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they meet again at Memorial Stadium. Sherry Sharp is with us. Oh, go ahead. No, go, go for it, Krennic. Sorry. Hey, I was going to switch base real quick because it's coming fast and furious, ready or not. Um, but in hoops, you know, oh. Nebraska gets, gets Braden. Is it Frager? Frager, yeah. Yep. Frager. Frager. Guy's going to be a junior, 2025 commit to – or he is a junior, um, 2025 commit for Fred Hoiberg and company. And if he ends up signing and coming, he'd be the first the first Lincolnite to sign a scholarship out of high school since Jake Muleheisen, like back in 01. Um, kind of a late bloomer. I mean, obviously, he just finished his sophomore year. He goes about six foot six. He's, he's a wing, uh, lefty, can shoot the three. Uh, he's kind of blooming at the right time here, just – Gary, from what you know, and then and then fellows from all the games that you call in Lincoln, just be curious about what you think ne- Nebraska is getting here. And when you saw him in the high school game last year, did he jump out as a high major D1 guy, or is he really just growing and blooming no, now? He's a good player. He, here's the thing, and, and Schmitty can back me up this, and Elijah as well, because Elijah's seen high school basketball in, in Lincoln. People that go watch him play this year just – you're going to have to be very careful because he's going to play a position at Southwest, which he will not play in college, but he has going to, to play, play like a four, a five probably. So he's going to okay. play that at Southwest and he's not going to look as fluid as he does during the summer when he's playing against elite competition and he's playing more of his natural position. So I just want to preface it like that because he's going to play the role at Southwest that they need him. Um, well, it should be I, noted. It should be noted. Chuck Love, who did a lot of the ball handling for Southwest last year, has left the program. He has transferred to a new spot. And it, it, it leaves Frager maybe a little bit more ball handling this season. We'll see. That's 
you're right, though, Gary. He's going to be playing more of a, a nitty-gritty role than he will be at Nebraska. You're 100% on there, but we'll see how his role changes this year with Chuck Love moving on. Yeah, I knew, I knew he was going to commit to Nebraska. You know, when he was on his, I guess it was, was his unofficial, and he had pictures with his girlfriend, like he put on Instagram of him wearing the uniform. I was like, that kid's coming to Nebraska. It's a good pickup for Nebraska, um, you know, until Chuck Love moved away to go to a prep school. You know, Lincoln, Lincoln High School basketball has really taken a big jump um, compared to here in Omaha, and that's great to see. But you were going to have two, you know, high major guys in the same city, but Frager's a good pickup. I mean, that, that, that's, that's a good pickup for Nebraska basketball. He's a good player, and also importantly, that you, you get a Lincoln kid that is worthy of a Power 5 scholarship that you're able to keep home, that nobody else comes in and, and, and takes him away, or he, you know, God forbid, goes 45 minutes up the road to play for Creighton. Yeah, and just like kind of frame of reference for folks that don't know, Creighton, Iowa, Iowa State all offered too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, those and are Northwest, you know, some of the premier programs. Northwest, yeah, some of the premier programs in the Midwest, save for Kansas and K-State, obviously. But um, so impressive offer list, good pickup. Now, we've seen Frager did uh, probably five or six Southwest games last year uh, as, as he's a guy who – Contributed to Boss team as a freshman off the bench. Had some starting moments as well. Really good catch-and-shoot three guy. Can create his own shot, slashes to the rim. Loves getting baseline and dunking on people. But what's be- what's special about Frager is is his speed with that 6'6 frame. And he getting is downhill. Like, he gets downhill, but he can also draw, draw attention yeah. and kick out. And, and he's been mm. so talented at creating he's been unselfish what he does best though man is he just tracks that basketball he's a great rebounder defensively Mm. and he keeps plays alive offensively so he's he's a insanely explosive athlete and that's the best way Mm. to say it and uh with what southwest did last year i know they they got knocked out in districts but they had some really special talent on that squad and He's he's looked apart. I mean, he he was just different. Jumped off the court from from day one when we saw him, and we, you know, juniors known him for a little bit, just growing up together. So he's always been the big kid. That like, how old is that guy? I mean, you know, because yeah. he's he's just been super super talented. Yeah, he uh, for a long a, time. That's a good pickup for Nebraska. I mean, you know, Nebraska basketball, uh, which is three weeks from Monday, the season starts. There's a little bit of momentum. You know, people are excited and it's it's kind of interesting to me. And, you know, we, we, we've kind of all essentially been Nebraska basketball fans our entire lifetime. And it's a program that doesn't return your investment in them, you know, only once in a while. <laughs> but we all keep coming back. We all keep yeah. coming back. Um, but here's the situation is you lost two guys who really kind of turned the culture of your program in Greasel and Walker. And what would you think, yeah. guys? You'd be like, uh oh, Fred's going to revert to. He's lost his identity where it's team first, and you're going to get one guy that's going to suck up all the oxygen. They bring in some new guys that are really good fits from Mass to Williams. And I think the optimism, after the way they finished last year, the way Kasey played at the end of the year, I think the optimism is pretty high. And I would not have thought that after you lose a guy like Greasel and Walker. So, you know, it's the schedule at the beginning of the season gives you an opportunity to keep your head above water and get a little momentum. Um, I think – I think Nebraska will not be playing on Wednesday in Minneapolis in the Big Ten tournament, so they will avoid the Peacock games. Hmm. That is huge. Hmm. That is that that right there makes me smile. Now they uh, might be a nine seed, but that's perfectly fine. Yeah, I'll take a nine seed and uh, I, I, fighting chance. I yeah, I mean, as we call it right now on October fourteenth, <laughs> they have the potential. I, I, I think their ceiling is is a is a five hundred conference record. I, I, I don't think that is. Yeah. I don't think that's terribly unrealistic, but I think that is their Well, in a, in a, a 500 conference about. record, you would think would at least put you on the bubble for the NCAA tournament in the Big Ten exactly. with how it's been in the past couple of years. Exactly. Well, I shouldn't exactly. even say the past just, couple of years. Just because, just because of the types and the mentalities that they're bringing in, which was established last year, which is, you know, the, the lunch pail, junkyard dog types. Um, and let's not forget about Jawan Gary. That was a big, big loss for Nebraska last year. That's a tough dude. Tough dude down low. But I think Nebraska is really going to miss Walker. Scary. Walker, by the time, man, he he had the college game completely figured out, um, you know, by by mid last year. He he was yeah. excellent. 
I think that's going to be a big loss overcome. But uh, she got Dominaga preseason All Big Ten, one of the best shooters in America, according to experts. Look out! It's Gary Sharp with us here, a weekend edition of Hail Varsity. As uh, we're still a couple weeks away from uh, from basketball, I'm not going to dive in fully. Uh, still six games left, Mark, and uh, that's where I want to go now to football. And Nebraska doesn't play today, Gary, but the game of the day, Washington and Oregon. Uh, Ross Dellinger putting out an interesting piece yesterday on on the behind-the-scenes story of Oregon and Washington's jump to the Big Ten. It was an interesting read. We didn't get a chance to talk about it yesterday on the show, and I want to get Gary's thoughts specifically on one tidbit that Ross threw into that article talking about last summer whenever USC and UCLA joined the conference, that conference administrators create a list of desired programs thought to be attainable. That list, Notre Dame, North Carolina, Clemson, Florida State, Pitt, Kansas, Cal, Stanford, Arizona, Virginia, and then Oregon and Washington. It's a lot of the same names we've been talking mm. about over the past 12 months, Gary, but it's interesting to see that list put together in this way and, and officially be reported upon. What's your reaction to those names and uh, the fact that Nebraska got Washington, Oregon of that list, and those are the most likely candidates if the Big Ten continues expanding over the next couple seasons? Um, I mean, I, I know that we, we know that the uh, merry-go-round is not done, um, you know, the Big Ten's going to have a place. I, I, I think the addition of Washington, Oregon. I think another story about that, Elijah, uh, Schmidt, and Mark, is the Washington-Oregon rivalry on both sides has replaced their chief rival. Like, you don't hear about people getting excited for the Oregon-Oregon State game nationally like they are mm -hmm. today. And they have been. This isn't just because they're in the top ten. Or when they play the Apple Cup. Um, I, I think... You know, I've said this. I'm I'm very very happy that there'll be no more divisions, because what's going to happen in the new Big Ten, and the, and this is this is on a Nebraska, this is on a Minnesota, this is on an Illinois, this is on a Iowa, this is on a Wisconsin. Basically, teams in the Big Ten West is it's going to force you to become a real football program. You can't build your program to be mediocre and have a chance in a division. You're going to have to improve your program from top to bottom because the four that are coming are going to change the dynamic of the league. They're going to make it even more difficult. And not being in the division, you don't want to be at the bottom. So I, I like the additions. I, I think the future is bright for the Big Ten. I think they've got a commissioner that isn't going to stand pat. But I hope they stand pat at least for a little bit here to let the four get in and everybody get used to it before they start moving the chairs around again. But, you know, I mean, are, are we basically doing everything? I think we talked about two or three years on this show. We're headed to basically, and, and right now it is um, Monster 2, and then everybody else picks up the scraps. That's, that's the direction, uh, absolutely. Let's get to Nebraska here, and you're 1,000% right about you're going to have to be multiple week to week. Can you stop double tight run game against Minnesota one week and then yep. deal with five wide and USC the next week, depending on how your schedule shakes up. Sharpie, I want you to pinpoint uh, this next six-week run for Nebraska. And, you know, what is your confidence level like? What's your concern level like as we're at the midway point for Nebraska and there's still plenty out there for them? Well, I will say that I would be surprised if Nebraska doesn't make a bowl game. I mean, I, mm. Nebraska, guys, we were just talking about the Big Ten. There will never be a time again that Nebraska will have a five-game stretch like they are in right now, where you go Louisiana Tech, Northern Illinois, Michigan, Illinois, Northwestern. I'll even go six to Purdue. Mm -hmm. So you have the potential still to go five and one. They'll never have a stretch like that where essentially they'll be favored in four of the six games when you have been a 500 football program or less. So – they have to take advantage of these opportunities, and that's what you're looking for is growth. You know, Nebraska's actually going back to last year. They've won two of their last three in the division on the road. They win a game where they pulled an Iowa on Illinois. Iowa today, they are stanky. But you know what they do? They pull they, – they, they, they put the stank on everybody else. Like they bring you down into the hole, and they find a way to win a game. Nebraska did that last Friday night. That's essentially what they did. But you have to use that as a catalyst. If you want to, if you want to guys in your room and guys in your stands and gals, if you want to say, Hey, we're going in the right direction. You use a game like Illinois where you needed a win. You got to win. You use that as a catalyst to finish up this month strong. You haven't had a winning October in a long time. I think a bowl game 
is what I expect. I also expect for them to get the quarterback room figured out. I, I know I brought up 24. I got hammered all week about why are you looking ahead? Why don't you just enjoy the present? Okay, let's enjoy the present. It's important for Nebraska to figure out that quarterback room with three guys. Now or never for Jeff Sims. Can Harburg develop? Is there something down the road with another year of development? And then is Chubba Purdy taking a bunch of extra classes so he's looking for somewhere else as a grad transfer? Those are my two big things because I also don't think, guys, that defense will take a step back. There might be one game where they're leaky and you go, uh-oh. But I think that defense is established enough with the schedule that is in front of them that they will still give you a chance in nearly every football game. Yeah, I would say save for Colorado second half. Uh, if if you were gonna if you're gonna beat Nebraska's defense, you really have to execute at a very high level. Like it's taken some like Michigan is just executing on a yep. different level right now. A lot, a lot of their touchdowns, the 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 throws, I mean those were well covered. They were just perfect darts. Yeah. Minnesota had to make ridiculous plays in order to do it. So, yeah, Nebraska seems pretty structurally sound defensively. Um, we're going to go back to the Big Ten real quick. You guys realize how many teams of the future Big Ten are in the top ten right now? Do you know? Just real quick, top of your head, without looking. How Four, many? five, three, six. Of the, three. Six of the top ten. Oh, in America, USC, right now, USC, Oregon, Washington, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. Is that your six? Uh huh. So there's three in the East, yep. and then three of the four that are joining you. Three in the and, West. And, and by the way, UCLA six has top ten. UCLA has, which is crazy, thinking Chip Kelly is their head coach. UCLA has one of the best, if not the best, defense in college football. They're and they're 18th. And so they have, have, and they have a freshman quarterback who is playing. So, so if you think about it, I mean, if that holds serve. I think, I think everybody's kind of conceded the SEC as the best conference. Um, and, you know, for, for good reason, obviously. They've, they've won the championships. They have all the NFL guys. But is the tide turning a little bit? Uh, I mean, six of the top ten. And guess how many losses between those six combined they have? Zero. Those are all mm-hmm. undefeated teams midway through the season right now. Uh, that's what Nebraska's joining Right, like, wow. and it is kind of hard to foresee as we sit here right now. How, how's Nebraska going to hang with that? Like, well, that's I, why you know, that's you, why this year and beyond are critical, man. To get it right, getting rid of the divisions. Well, it, you're getting like you can be a pretty good team in that conference and be seven and five. I mean, yes, yes. right. Like you, you can, you can all. Good. But you can also be in this conference and be nine and three and have a seat in the twelve, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Which that right and that, yeah. And how does how does that change the calculus for Nebraska? And Gary, you've talked about fixing the offense. So let's let's consider that, right? Like fast forward ahead. You, we've seen the, the schedules that are coming out. Nebraska is going to be at USC and at Ohio State next year. They're going to be at Oregon, I believe, in twenty six. I mean, it's just you are always going to have these signature just behemoth games, at least one, if not two, on the road. Um, so as you look ahead, your Matt rule, you're building towards what, what are you trying to build to compete in that conference? Uh, not the one we're seeing now, not the big 10 West, but USC, Oregon, right? Like UCLA, Washington, what, what are you doing to position yourself to be among those top 12? Run the ball, stop the run. And get with your and get a mindset and get with your 1890 that if there's a guy out there that is a game changer, that football says, yes, we will be willing to play the game. 1890 or whoever the collective is says, all right, we'll go to work for you. And you go and get that guy. You have to you have to play the game internally. Stop the run. Be able to run the ball when you want to and then play the game outside of your program to get guys that can help you execute that. One thing Nebraska has been doing, um, at least the here and now, to, to compete now and beyond, Mark, to your point and question, we've talked a lot about what's gone sour for Nebraska or been tough, and that's the offense. Is there a work in progress with some injuries? We do like what Nebraska has with the freshman class on the defensive line. Yes. And mm-hmm. that travels. Yeah. That's that's. To Gary's point, stopping the run. But what do those, a lot of those top 10 teams, 
you asked about do they throw the ball they throw the hell out of the ball it's Penix right it's it's Oregon's passing attack with Knicks. Those guys will be gone. Yeah. But UCLA's got that freshman, right? So Nebraska's got pass rushers, or at least it looks like yeah. they have guys. Uman Yellen be, and Linhart. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Seem like they're yeah. That, that'll be around for a couple of years, you'd yeah. think, to help you transition into those different offenses. You'll see if they throw it, great. Nebraska can go get after the quarterback. So this is you know, we, we because of Nebraska's injury situation, more guys have gotten to play. And you hope that benefits them on the back end the rest of this season. And then, you know, Nebraska is a relatively young football program um, in terms of distribution of scholarships. So those guys, you know, more than a majority of that roster is going to return next year, has the ability to return. Let me ask the three of you. Let's go around the room here real quick. Who have you been more impressed by? Nebraska's portal additions or Nebraska's freshman class where they brought in 27, 10 have actually played at least a little bit or more than a little bit, 18 have traveled. Are you more impressed by the portal additions or the true freshman class? Well, I mean, it's not even close. It's yeah. freshman. This is something yep. that I hit on directly following the Colorado game. It's been apparent for a while that, the, that most of the transfers have been misses, at least thus far. Yeah, if, or if not misses, I know what you're saying, though. Like, like not nearly as big of contributors as you thought. They're contributing. As, as you needed right? them to be. Yeah, they're contributing. But, I, yeah, that's a – but it's a really good question, and and I think Gary, if you were to look at like, you know, using basketball terms, look at like the plus minus of those <laughs> true freshmen yeah. that are playing, it would be really good, right? Because I, I don't Uman Yellen doesn't get a ton of snaps, but the dude They're produces. Impactful. Linhart doesn't get a ton of snaps, or Van I mean, Poppel. he's been hurt recently. Van Poppel, exactly. You kind of go down the line, and it's like, yeah, those guys have maybe a, I don't know if it's a different skill set, different mentality, but. They they think they belong right now, even though they were playing high school ball last year, and they are proving that they do. Well, let me so so I kind of asked it asked a leading question because I'm with all of you guys, the freshman class, and kind of where I'm going is, it, it's the balance of the future of Nebraska football. Where I don't really, man, it would be great to have a Walter Rouse or a Cornelius, you know, yep. you know, as your bookends. It didn't happen, Nebraska. Matt Rule's got to understand to play that game, you're, you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to play that game. But I like more high school offensive linemen to develop, okay? And Nebraska's got to clean out the offensive line room and transition in the next two to three years all of these offensive linemen that they've been recruiting. So what I'm, what I'm getting at is it's kind of the balance, right? Nebraska's been willing to play freshmen, and they've got some guys in this class that are starting to hit. And remember, Dwight Boodle and Maverick Noonan, who would have played this year, yeah. they're out for the year due to injuries. But there's also there's going to be a point in this offseason, guys, to construct the 24 roster. You're going to have to go back into the portal, and probably there's four or five guys at some key positions. that sh- to, to, to get this team where you want next year, you're going to have to probably hit some home runs. But I do like the foundation of this program is young guys, and they're getting on the field to play. And, and for the most part, none of them look overwhelmed, which is a great sign. Whether they were a four-star coming in or whether they were one of those guys that we went, why did they go after that guy? They look like they belong. And also, we haven't even really seen Fields or Nation, and those are two no, guys no. who this staff is in love with. And, and, it was, and the reason why we haven't, from my understanding, with Fields is he got, he got injured late Early, in fall, yeah, yeah. Right? Late yeah. in fall camp, and so it's yeah. just kind of set him back. Um, and I think the other silver lining that's happening here with the rash of injuries that Nebraska has had is you probably wanted to bring along your your freshman 4 by 100 track team. You probably wanted to bring bring them along slowly. And by the way, that's not hyperbole. Like the, ne- yeah. Nebraska brought in dudes that were all state champ 100 guys sub 10-5. Like, I mean, that, you, you have no choice but to put speed on the field when that's your that's your commitment list. Um those guys, Gary, are being like they, they have to carry the water for the rest of the year. There's yep. there's no other there's no other choice. Yeah, Billy Kemp, you have uh Bullock, Ty Han, and a bunch of freshmen. Am I forgetting anybody? Like that's that's what you got, right? Yep. At receiver. I you know, so those guys getting pressed into action, how is that not gonna benefit Nebraska? They're they're gonna have to play. Is because literally you don't have other choices. 
Yeah. Hey, you know, another thing, isn't it, isn't it interesting about the wide receiver room? Um, if we were sitting here in the bye week and the freshman wide receivers, the trio, were playing, wouldn't we all go across the board and said Malachi Coleman is probably the best of them? I'll tell you probably. a guy, credit to Bill Bush, Jaden Doss out of Kansas City. Man, mm-hmm. the, I, in the last six games of the season, guys, I think they are going to feature him. And they would have already featured him if it wouldn't have been for the broken arm. It just shows you that they are creating some competition where it's not only competition for spots. They've done a really sneaky thing of creating competition amongst freshmen at, at their same position. We haven't seen, we haven't been, we haven't talked like that in a while. That's, that's just my observation and looking at that wide receiver room. Now they all play kind of different spots on that, on the offense, but like who's going to be the best and look out for Doss in the second half of the season. And, and you, you talk about toughness. The report I heard was that kid broke his arm and continued practicing for a time before he uh, eventually got it checked out with the broken arm. So yeah, you, you talk about the toughness that they're trying to instill in that program. I mean, it sounds like they were high on Doss and he kind of lives up to that. Yeah, sign, my, sign my cast and throw me the ball. Yeah. Right. Hey, Schmitty, were you at the practice that he got hurt? I was not. It was an open practice for the media, and it was kind of uh, – an afterthought because he, 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 they, you know, people are trying to figure out, okay, when did we see him get hurt? And then he just kind of wandered over to the trainers and then the look tried on, to, tried to, tried to wander back on. And yeah. Kind of and, yeah. Deal. and they wouldn't, they wouldn't let him go back out there. So I'm glad that he's back and, you know, they now are getting his feet wet. Sharpie, mm-hmm. I want to ask you about the, the offensive line here. And we've talked about the young guys that have contributed on the defense. We've talked about the young guys that, uh, you're hoping to see contribute if you're a Nebraska fan uh, at wide receiver. But what what's in the cupboard right now for that offensive line? There's a number of guys that have a bunch of starts. Scott's been, as we asked the question, yeah. uh, with portal hit slash recruiting hit from high school. Scott's been a hit, one of the few right now that we've seen uh, from the portal from Arizona State at center. How does the, the guys that are redshirting or the redshirt freshmen right now, how do you like that room in the offensive line? Lutowski's an older guy. He's had some moments that have been pretty good. But what else is there? And I'm talking about uh, a, a Gatula. What's his upside? Yeah. A Kanak that's uh, a guy. The kid out of, out of Scott's Bluff, uh, name's escaping me right Rock now. Knudsen. Knudsen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's, what's that look like moving forward? Are they, are they have a higher ceiling? Than, than what you've seen through some of these guys as a offensive line right now that's been inconsistent for a lot of years. Well, uh, and, and, you know, a guy who is, I think, should be playing more, but there's really, they haven't created a spot for him because Ben Scott is the center. Justin Evans Jenkins. Yes. He's a guy that, a lot of good about him. I mean, they're, they're high on him. Uh, Sam Sledge, don't forget about him because I, I Sam will be a starter at Nebraska. Um, but Gatula and Sledge are the most, you know, the two freshmen that are probably the most ready. But – you know, it's not like in the second half of the season, Nebraska has enough depth that you're just going to shake up that offensive line. Right. They essentially have seven offensive linemen and maybe six because mm-hmm. Lutovsky is the sixth guy. So this is kind of rough. And, you know, he I mean, struggles in pass pro big time. You know, the offensive line yeah. discussion, guys, it's it's not like they're losing a ton of guys off this offensive line for next year. Nope. There's essentially all but one can come back. Um. Who, who's no. the one that goes? Who's the one that goes? Newelli is out of eligibility. Newelli. Gotcha. Um, okay. It's, I don't know. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird, the, they, they, the guys, they just might, the, the group might just be who they are. It doesn't matter if Greg Austin is coaching them. It doesn't matter if Donovan Riolo is coaching them. Do you have better behind them is my question. Yeah, yeah. And that's, and, and, and I'm, I'm probably stretching this out because I don't know. Sure. Well, because, but they, they, hmm. Tula and Sledge have traveled, but they haven't played. You're going to have some young guys that are behind them that have not gotten activity yet. And we just don't know. I, I, I think it's the elephant in the room that nobody wants to address because when you start talking about offensive line, somebody's going to go, Hey, have you seen Nebraska's rushing numbers? They're the only team in the Big Ten that's got four guys that have over 150 yards rushing. It's such, guys, the offensive line's been such a complicated discussion for three, four years now. And it's the same guys we're talking about. But what's happening is that offensive line is going to get a quarterback killed this season. Okay? They're not going to give him enough time to, to throw the football. It's, 
it's, a, it's an area where if Nebraska could just have a serviceable offensive line, I don't need mashers every time the ball is snapped. A serviceable offensive line that's consistent from left tackle to right tackle, there's a lot of things Nebraska can do, but they just can't get that consistency play to play. Or when four guys have a good game, it's one guy that has a really poor game and it brings the rest of the guys down. It's it's just a weird it's been a weird stretch of offensive line play at Nebraska where they don't have that game changing offensive lineman. That when the ball is snapped and you need four yards, you're going behind Walter Rouse at left tackle because he's mauling two Texas defensive linemen. Hmm. Gary, you brought up something pretty interesting that I hadn't really thought of, though. You said you don't know if it's doesn't matter if it's Greg Austin coaching them, doesn't matter if it's Donovan Rayola. You look at the combined experience of those two guys, though, right? Austin, couple, what two years at UCL, UCF? Very different kind of conference. Like that's where he became an offensive line coach. Donovan Rayola had never been. So right, like, yeah. and so I'm I'm wondering, like, how different does this offensive line look if you bring in some 25 year old grizzled vet that you know drives a Chevy and just you know chews Red Man and it's just like the an offensive <laughs> lineman's offensive lineman kind of guy. What do you got against you know? Beachnut? <laughs> what do you got against? Okay, Beach but, but really, do you know what I'm saying though? Like yeah. the, the the training that they have gotten has been from essentially rookie offensive line coaches and that that yeah. goes back now god what six years now yeah i mean we it's it's one of those things where the standard was milt and charlie and every position yeah. coach is always compared to them um let, let me turn this back to you guys on this question i'm not avoiding the question i i know what you're saying mark and the coaching has to be better the players have to be yeah. better but what if the coaching really doesn't matter i mean the guys are – Nebraska missed on – or the recruiting services missed on these guys coming out of high school. And Nebraska hasn't done a good job of forcing competition. You know, building you just up that absolutely, room. Until, you, you encapsulated it perfectly. You encapsulated it perfectly with the rankings because you look at the tackles. Those are, those are both top 100 guys, okay? Yep. They've got a lot of experience. What I'll say is this. They have not had as much time in the lab. They were forced into action early. And they're they're in the midst of their development, even though it's been 31 starts. It's not been 31 practices. So I take that as part of the equation as well. But they are you they are what they are. And can they stay healthy? And they're never gonna tap out on you. I mean, those are that's that's their upside right now. So this is a question for everyone. What do we want the 2023 Nebraska offensive line to be? Disciplined, physical, and hone in on a an identity which which is physicality. But I mean, from a from a pet play, give me something that you can get on third and three, and or third and five, and just rinse repeat. Find that. The discipline part's been missing. There's been too many penalties. They've been physical. They've been tough. I like that. But they're not uh, completely trustworthy. Dion in the comments says uh, different players. (laughs) (laughs) Because I know you're going to jump in on this in Elijah, but let me just offer something here. And that's the part of building up a a bench of offensive linemen. Mm -hmm. Ohio State guys, they're talking about shaking up their offensive line. They can do do that because they have recruited – multiple years of deep, deep offensive line rooms that they develop guys that they can be like, hey, you're, you've been a six-game starter. You're out. Have a seat on the bench. Nebraska, Nebraska doesn't have that option. So that's to answer Dion's question. You were saying Mark and then Elijah? Well, and I don't know. I, I don't know who Ohio State's offensive line coach is, but I'm guessing it's not a first-year or second-year guy. No. Well, did, did, it look, right? so, did it look so better? Did the offensive line develop. look better under a guy like Kavanaugh? That's the last grizzled vet you have. Did it look better under Kavanaugh? A, a grizzled vet that's been super successful, too. Can I qualify that? I'm just saying, like, literally just a great offensive line coach. What would they do with the guys that Nebraska has right now? And I, I don't think you can say Nebraska Hymas, Gates, had... and Farniak were all NFL guys. They yeah, have all I, been I, NFL guys. Right. So I, what I'm saying is I don't think you can say Nebraska has had a great offensive line coach. Just they haven't. Um, so, I, OK, so here's a question then. Um, 
about what you want Nebraska's offensive line to be. Here's what I want them to exhibit is uh, a degree of defiance and confidence. And I think when you think about those kind of traits of an offensive line, that's just sort of like piss and vinegar, doesn't care. I feel like those guys play so Mm -hmm. tight, except for I think there's one guy that has flashed at a position, offensive line, that's difficult to flash. When I say that, who's a guy that jumps out that you think has flashed a few times this year that if the rest of the team could play like that, you might have something. Does anybody come to the, mind? The two names that come to mind for me are, are Piper and Scott. Scott in that nasty after the whistle kind of way, which yep. on one hand is a detriment to the team, but on the other hand is kind of that mentality instilling nastiness that you need in year one of trying to change the mentality of an offensive line. But I think the name you're going for is Ethan Piper because when he gets out in space with the pulling, get him on a defensive right. back, getting get him on a linebacker, you're does a great right. job squaring up a guy. And, and he's Nebraska's most talented offensive lineman in terms of pulling, leading a play, and getting out in space. And I'm not saying the guy's going to win the Outland or the Lombard. Like, you know, I'm not saying – I don't even think he's all Big Ten second yeah. team caliber. I, I, don't. I don't. He's he's honorable mention probably, all Big Ten. But just that ability, you, you, I mean, you have not seen that in years here outside of Cam Jurgens, right? Yeah. Cam Jurgens was getting downfield and, and locking on a DB – and driving that dude out of bounds. Piper's done that a couple yeah. times this year, and he yeah. didn't do it before. I, I'm just seeing, I'm seeing growth in him. I'd like to see that yeah. same. I just haven't seen growth in Corcoran. I haven't seen growth in Ben Hart. They've been the same dudes ever since they got here. So, and and I'm just I'm, I'm just listening to this conversation. This is a very nuanced conversation. Um, so, are we really really concerned about Teddy? Because to answer your question, Mark, if if Teddy Prohaska was back and he was nearing his ceiling of what we think he can be, does that change your offensive line? Because then you have a guy that probably is better on the interior than the exterior in Turner Corcoran. Does the left side of the line look different? But Teddy's thing is mental. And I, I don't know. I don't know how. I, I think we might be a ways away. But the fact that you're not bringing him up, I think, says a lot. Yo, and dude, you called it, I think it was last week, Gary, when you said it's uncomfortable when Rule discusses Prohaska. You, you can tell that Rule's not comfortable talking about it because he's, yeah. it's sort of like everybody's like, hey, what about Prohaska? And Rule's like, I, I haven't he seen He can't like, come out and say, hey, it ain't up to me if, if we're up to yeah. – yeah. he, he can't come out and say, look, uh, he's ready to go uh, physically. I mean, he, yeah. he, can't, yeah. he can't do that. And, you know, if you're Teddy, God, I don't – I don't blame you for being possibly gun shy because of, of what you've been through. But to your point, Sharpie, yeah. you get Teddy out there. You can do a lot with what you like at left guard, either keep what you, you like in Piper or you move Turner inside and you can find another spot on the line yeah. for Piper. And then Ben Hart, Ben Hart's been better, but he's still not uh, great. Consistent. Yeah. yeah. Consistent's the best way to put it. So no, I mean, yeah. The, the, the domino effect of, of Teddy is is monstrous with hey, what you could get from the offensive line. Hey, shouldn't there be a correlation that if you have a good defensive line, you also have a good offensive line because they're going against each other every day? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I think one side well, of the ball's probably won a lot but, of but those okay, battles. So, so now I want to really know, you know, the, the, the famous Sunday practice, mm-hmm. which actually might be the catalyst mm-hmm. for this season. Rule, Rule was talking about it yesterday in a media appearance. Um, is I kind of want to know, because they cranked it up. They said one-on-one, uh, everybody is fair game. Who won that day, the offensive line or the defensive line? And who's winning in practice when they go good on good? Because we like that defensive line, right? The, the, <laughs> there might be the only guy on the roster that could be in contention to be all Big Ten, and that's Huttmacher. Mm-hmm. We like that defensive line. What do they do to Nebraska's starting offensive line during practice? Yeah, well – Gary, and you just, oh man, now you're bringing stuff here. Uh, So now, have you ever, have you noticed this other thing about Rule last few weeks? And he said it in different ways, so I'm totally paraphrasing, but it's like he's been dropping little, little nuggets here and there about it. But he has basically said, if you read between the lines, like, y'all, this team in practice 
is legit. This team, when you get them on the field, I don't even recognize them. Like he's trying to figure that part out. He even even in some of his pregame speeches that they're showing, you know, the the Husker account's been putting out sort of a, I don't know, hard knock style behind if the scenes. We scene. die, we die. Yeah, right. But but that's like that's what he tells the team. He's like, yeah. if this team was practice, what would you all do to them? Right? Like kind of saying like, where the hell are you guys? Like, I see you knocking heads, getting after it in practice regularly. But then we get out here and you're like, the hell are you doing? <laughs> right? Yeah. It's this stage fright thing. Have you noticed that too, though? Like he's, he's been hitting on that a few times in front of the team, in the media. Uh, and how the hell do you fix that? Yeah, I, I don't know. Is he also talking to coaches on one side of the ball, do you think? Yep. Hmm. Yes, he might be. <laughs> so, I know, I'm just, so, I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm making Mark think today, and I, because yeah. he's, because these are just observations. I, I think, you know, uh, we, we're, we've learned a lot about these guys through six games, and we're going to learn more. I just one, one play from Friday night after we, we did our, uh, our, our show on, our, I joined you guys on Saturday. Yeah. The the exchange between Rule and Satterfield at the end of the first half last Friday night, let's let's keep that on the board to go back to. So describe that. What are you talking about? So screaming, no, no, yes. no, no, no. Yeah. Time out. So that Satterfield wanted to throw the football. Okay. Because <laughs> the play sheet told him to, right? And and so oh Rule Rule wanted a certain play called, which essentially was a quarterback draw that Harburg could have gone for 50 or 60. That's what Rule wanted. Instead, that was not what was called, or the play was changed when it got to the field, and Rule and Satterfield had a little bit of an exchange, as, as Schmitty was alluding to, and I'm thinking, mm-hmm. hmm, what happens now in the second half of the season? Are we calling plays for the strength of the guy that's playing quarterback, or are we calling plays that are on our play sheet? Because mm-hmm. that will show you maybe where Matt Rule believes this team is and where they can go by what they do with how they run their offense. Instead of mm-hmm. we're running it because this is what we're supposed to do or we're yeah. running this because this is what we have to do. Oh, man. And back to, I mean, we talked about Tom Osborne earlier before you got on here, Gary. And uh, that, like, what, you know, maybe the, the legend of Tom Osborne you always hear just, oh, tough physical guys, get the walk ons and. You know, doggone it, a hard day's work. Like, But what he actually was was a true strategist. Like he was a he was a forest for the trees guy, yeah. right? And I, and I think that's kind of where Rule's getting at with Satterfield is it's just like, dude, I don't care if it's third and four and we're at midfield and your play sheet says turn Harburg into Brady and hit Edelman over the middle. We don't have Edelman. He's not Brady. Yeah. Right. Like, take take a look at what you got, and and be what you are. Right. <laughs> like, uh, no, that's, I, that's I, actually I, reassuring. If it, that's reassuring, that rule is getting in on that level. Right. I, I I expect more management, micromanagement, if necessary, mm-hmm. by rule in the second half with the offense. Yep. Well, in in yeah. one thing we we talked about Schmidt earlier in the week, and I think maybe it's where the disconnect lies is I think you have a guy in Marcus Satterfield who isn't compromising what he is offensively because he knows some of these play calls he's making and, and some of the game plans he's setting out are, are set out in a way that's trying to build for three years from now, if that makes sense, trying to instill sure. that within the guys that are here now to say, hey, we're going to run now, we're running in three years, regardless if it works now because we're going to get better at it now, so we're great in three years, where I think Matt Rule, based, based, sure. based yeah. on that, that, that little dust up that's an uh, an exaggerated way to say things but the dust up we saw before halftime i think that's rule saying we we want to do what what is going to help us win now and we'll worry about three years in, in three years from now it's, it's kind of how i see the, the the two sides to this it's a balancing act isn't it when it when now yeah. get to a bowl game now because that'll help you for the future with development but also guys get good at what we want to run two yep. years from now three years from now but you're gonna have different personnel Sharpie, what's the, the rest of the weekend look like for you, bud? We'll, well, you say goodbye. 
Uh, you know what? I'm probably going to hit a pumpkin patch, maybe drop in on somebody's wedding. Yeah. Uh, I think we all, <laughs> because we're sickos, we're, I'm going to do two sicko things this weekend. I'm going to watch Iowa, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And because I have to, that's what we do in our life as Cub fans. It's 20 years ago today that a ground ball to Alex Gonzalez was fumbled. It would have been an inning-ending double play, and we would have never known about Steve Bartman. So I was I will be- in a bar right. in Boulder on my honeymoon when that happened. They don't even Gary talk about the playoffs right now. <laughs> Braves getting bounced by the Phils two years. In yeah, a row. bold of you, Mark, to to pull on the the Braves hat and like <laughs> today. Bold of you. Oh, sorry, I bud. support them thick and thin, man. And, should we all, and I'm doing it only hey, for a QD going forty seventy, man. Hey, That's should we all stuff, should man. we all do the Bryce Harper stare on Mark? <laughs> Dude. All right, Bryce Harper, <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, though. I know people hate on him. I love that dude. That dude can. Man, hey, when, 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 it, when, healthy, when healthy, he's in a debate for at least the top five players in baseball. Does, in anybody, season, get, does anybody on earth get his money's worth more than him? Mm-hmm. Like, that yeah. dude is just hacking every effing yeah. time. I mean, <laughs> God. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I Ooh. love just going up to bat and watching someone just swing out of their ass. Hey, it's good. Oh. <laughs> Does anybody get right. their money's worth be, more than him? Skilled enough to do it, right? And oh, I know. Enough yeah. to... I, I can go swing out of my ass. I just won't touch right. anything. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Runs in the family. Uh. <laughs> wow. Well, hey, put, in, put, in, put some more money in the meter. We got five more minutes of the show. Yeah. Well, Schmitty, Schmitty, let's talk about what's going on at home. No, I was, I was, I was, no brother. I was talking about Junior's uh, plate oh, appearance, not Mama. Oh, oh okay. Good. All right. Mama good, will good, do good. anything for two hundred on the nightstand. I mean, oh, good. You're just you're just ruining your son's okay. confidence. Oh. How about that? How about that game day that's on TV? <laughs> I was going to say, Gary, before we get you out of here, we have a really important question in on this stream that I want to get your take on. This might be a good place to close. It comes from Ryan. He asks, Green Day or Blink-182? Uh, Blink-182. I'm a Green Ooh. Day guy. All the small things. See, mm. as, a, as an Avs guy, I love the Blink-182 and all the small things, but I think I got to go with Green Day. Mm. See, that's a tough I, one I heard. because you can't. So I like Blink-182. I've never seen Green Day in person. I've seen Blink-182, um, ironically, in their hometown of San Diego. Um, that's a tough one because they're kind of similar and it's okay to like both. Yeah. Well, and what's it? it, Yeah. I heard that. uh, I never saw green day live either, but from everybody I've ever heard, they're just like, he is insane. Like the singer, like he comes out, he's, uh, he burns like 4,000 calories a show. Just never stops moving, jumping all over the place. That would have been pretty cool to see. Uh, yeah. Well, with blink 182, you have to extend that to angels and airwaves. And they got some jams too, right? So, I don't know. Yes, and Blink One Eighty Two recently got back together. So, yeah, hmm, interesting. Hey, saw Three Eleven a couple weekends ago, by the way. Uh, Isn't if you're I, a, if you're an Omaha or a Nebraskan, don't you have to see Three Eleven in person one time? Well, and you also have to have some sort of story of like, oh yeah, dude, totally hung out with those guys high school. We went to the Rock Quarry. Like, yeah, we used to, we used to totally <laughs> hang out. Like everybody that went to Brian or Westside. Everybody that went to Brian or Westside is Nick Hexum's cousin or Peanut's <laughs> nephew. It's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. But, uh, but I'll tell you what, those guys at this point, they, they're, they're like in their fifties now. Uh, but they're in like the same shape they were in the. Tw- yeah, you know, we're we're, the we're knocking on that door shortly at some point. But, so, but they're but they are dialed in. Like their sound is like they've perfected it at this point. They sound better now than I think they sounded even. Wow, that's you saying know, a lot a couple for decades a group ago. that's been for around real. for a while. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty dialed in. Let's see. Okay, we got the conservative Husker chiming in saying, music-wise, Green Day. Character-wise, Blink-182. I don't think he's talking about character in terms of, like, you know, character is what you do when nobody's looking. I think he's talking about having characters that were kind of wild and weird, right? Personalities, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The guy from Blink-182, this is Fox. Fox, I don't think this is his real name. Fox uh, Jorkarzel in the stream says, the guy from Blink-182 started a school for finding aliens. Hmm. Is that true? Yeah, Tom DeLong. So Tom DeLong has uh, become a UFO researcher. Perfect. <laughs> if I get, oh, ri- if I get rich and famous, I'm going to start a school for finding Bigfoot. 
It's real. I think they're in small populations out there in the woods. They're reclusive creatures. I think they're out there. That's the school I'm starting. Hold on. Okay, Elijah. Have you <laughs> been to the Bigfoot Museum in Hastings? I have not. Have there's you, a museum? Okay. There's a museum, and there's actually a weekend. There's a convention. Harriet McPhee. Is it close to the Kool-Aid Museum? Uh, not very far. Harriet McPhee, basically it's her house that is the Bigfoot Museum, but she runs a uh, conference every spring out in Hastings, and people from all over the country come. Did you see the video of uh, the Bigfoot from the train. the train in Colorado. Yeah. Now, yes. was that Harry and the Hendersons, or do you think that was really Bigfoot? Huh. Harry and the Hendersons. I miss this. Love entirely. that movie. John Lithgow. I miss this entirely. How do you guys feel about the Chupacabra? Should we, uh, should we go there? How do you feel about Bigfoot that? Bigfoot is real. The Chupacabra, <laughs> right. that's, a load of, that's a load of baloney right there. Can that just be, can you just isolate that soundbite and post that as a, a representation of today's show? Nothing more than Bigfoot, Bigfoot is real. Real. Hey, we'll Elijah, you, didn't, you, didn't, you do need to go meet Harriet McPhee. If you guys want her on her show, I will send her, send her to you. It's a fascinating conversation. She is all in on Bigfoot. And there have been not as many Bigfoot sightings around Nebraska, but there have been, been quite a, couple. a few especially along the Missouri River with the families that are there collecting stuff. Hmm. Hey, well, uh, we'll, we'll God, continue guys, this discussion. Don't you guys love bye week Next week. I love it. Well, yeah. hey, well uh, Fox also chimed in real quick and said, guys, talk about our wrestling team. We should get Manning uh, on. Yeah, Manning's great. Um, Coach Manning. We, we've, we've, had, um, we've had Manning on just about every single year that I've been around, so I hope to have him on again. Let's get year. him on Saturday morning with all three. We've been four. instructed. We've been instructed. It looks like Nebraska starts their year November 4th at North Dakota State in a duel. Um, so there's your wrestling talk for the day. Uh, Jordan Burroughs went there uh, to Nebraska. Um, really? Yeah. I didn't know out. that. Jordan Burroughs yeah. was a Husker wrestler. You learn something yeah. hey, new every single day. Hey, they got some. So I was Ridge, sarcastic before people get in my Twitter yeah. mentions calling me a dumbass. Hey, <laughs> so Ridge Lovett is a dude. Uh, he's yep. number one in his weight class. Um, yep. Peyton Robb, they have Bubba Wilson, uh, Silas yeah. Allred. They've got a they got a really good they got a really good roster this year. I hope I hope on January twelfth when they have a duel against Iowa, the Devaney Center is packed. Are, they they should big. spotlight that. Do they spotlight well, they, that? They, they do. Spotlight they that do. Old school. They, they do. And, and 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 Nebraska wrestling fans are very loyal, and they are deep. I don't think they get enough credit for how much loyalty there is to Nebraska wrestling. But you know how Iowa treats wrestling. They sell out Carver Hawkeye Arena. They come over. I mean, it, it's a great atmosphere. It's a, it's a great duel, but it's even better in the stands of, of people going back and forth. And, you know, if anybody's been to – if you've not been to a college um, – a, a duel for college wrestling, uh, go. Because you become part of the actual – from weight class mm -hmm. to weight class, you're, like, involved in it. And also to see Mark Manning, who is a little bit more calm and, and cool than he was when he was a little bit younger. But coaches in wrestling, it doesn't have to cool. be the the the, the – the knuckleheads, the Brands Brothers, the college wrestling coaches to watch them, it's wild because you think they're wrestling at the same time while they're watching the wrestler out on the mat. It's great. I highly recommend it. Maybe we'll go as a show on January 12th. We'll, uh, we'll get connected with Uncle Andy, my brother-in-law, huge Nebraska wrestling fan, my dear friend Iowa Russ, huge Iowa wrestling fan. They go together every year to watch Iowa Nebraska. Yeah, you're in so, the you're yeah. in the you're in the you're in the best recruit you're in the best conference for wrestling. I mean the Big Ten dominates NCAA wrestling. Just look from Penn State, Ohio State, Iowa. I mean look at the national championships that are out there. Michigan has had their moments. Nebraska has, you know, kind of found a place, Minnesota along the way. Um, it's a great wrestling conference. And you know, Mark Manning, you know, he, he kinda it was like, okay, did Nebraska wrestling hit the ceiling? And then they've kind of reset the last couple of years, mm -hmm. and this is a big year for them. they got a really, really good roster, and it's full of a lot of Nebraska kids as well. Mm. Sharpie, enjoy your bye weekend, brother. We'll run you down next week, Nebraska Northwestern 2.30 at the single barrel. Guys, thanks for hanging out today. Thanks, guys. We forgot to, we forgot oh. to get to Husker baseball again. Ah, jeez, one of these days. Oh, one uh, of these days. Um, Drew Christo looked really good this fall, Mark. Good. Because he's built like Clemens. That'd be great if he could throw like him. And he is. He's, like, he's built exactly like Clemens. Like, they're clones. Uh, by the way, terrible story. I know, Chris, you were trying to cut this thing loose. Uh, and you have been for a little bit. I'm just, sorry. just check your text but, message. Yeah. <laughs> 17 minutes ago. <laughs> hey, got a wrap. Uh, so this, this week was the fall uh, red-white series, right? Yes. And Nebraska Last won. Uh-huh. 
I, I see what you did there. Save that joke for the spring game football. That's going to be – bring that back. People won't even know. Uh, so the, the original schedule was going to be a doubleheader Wednesday and then a single game Thursday. That's what they published last week, right? And mm-hmm. it's a great thing to take kids to because there's like 80 people there maybe. And, and it's the end of the year, so all the guys have exhausted their equipment. They're going to get new stuff the next year. So they come into the stands. They autograph. They give their gloves and their wristband. It's awesome great thing for the kids well that was the original schedule so i drive down wednesday i take take the take the boy there i'm talking about like hey man you're going to be able to watch some some real players up close you're going to get autographs foul balls it's going to be amazing we get did they change the damn schedule so they played monday tuesday and wednesday instead to hedge against the rain but of course it's not like any media outlet covered that because no one gives a crap about nebraska fall baseball except me because we're talking about it yeah well right and oh but god you talk about disappointment drive all the way to lincoln pull up to the stadium and there's like two cars in the park i'm like what the hell's going on you look up the schedule and they had already played that day Uh, what else so sorry a little little aside but gary what 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 else did you hear besides christo anybody else have a big year some new guys butin back had a good 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 yeah uh, max Max Max, is awesome max is catching so they, yeah. you know, he he wasn't a catcher at Southeast, um, but he's catching. So him and Columbus were the two catchers. Uh, Dylan Carey. What about Karen? Uh, I didn't. I don't think he caught this uh, fall. Huh. Um, well, I could like be Will wrong. Je- but, Will, but, Will but, Jeske went deep. Yeah. That was cool. Uh, Carey had a good fall. Dylan Carey. Dunback comes from a, a family of uh, prominent Hastings basketball guys. Yes. One state. And his bit, his yeah. mom had has a brother that went to Grand Island, was a Kenny Fisher boy, was a offensive lineman at Nebraska as a walk-on, and now owns a pizza place in Omaha. Yeah, it's Verse. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Max Verse. Love, yeah. love the family. His, his love uncle the is Matt Verzal. Really? I didn't yeah. realize. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Could we also mention yeah. uh, another group of people had a, a good fall with the, the fall series. The umpires. They did, they did great out there. Whoa. You shouting out your bros. Whoa, whoa. Like oh, no, no. I thought Elijah was going to say I was one of the umpires. No, 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 no. They don't. Not yet. Not yet. They, they let me Is do a scrimmage one, Elijah. They let me do a scrimmage one time out at Sherman, and they never invited me back. So you did a, you did a Husker scrimmage as an ump? Yeah. Oh, and they never invited you back. He went Dinkinger. What did, what did you do? What did, like if you could relive it, Elijah? What did you? What, what did? No, I, I had a fine game. I mean, what? well, it was it Why was before terrible? the uh, the twenty one season, and I remember being out there and being like, man, this team doesn't hit many singles. They're all they're all swinging for the fences. Hopefully that's not an issue. And then that was in fact an issue. So I'd like did to read behind the plate. Or did first? you say Where that out loud? No, I didn't say that out loud. Uh, <laughs> I said it to Schmitty after the game. Um, <laughs> But I was a little disappointed because they paid me not in cash, but in a, a baseball gift cards. They, they gave me like a, a, a big 10 branded baseball for the road. I went out. Oh, thanks. That's awesome. That's all you got was a big 10 branded baseball. Yeah. And clearly like not from a, the souvenir stand. Uh, and uh, and uh, let's be clear. I, that, 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 that also wasn't official payment. That was me just walking out of there, going past a, a bucket of balls and going, I guess I need something for my time here. <laughs> were you ump re behind the plate or at first or where, where were you? Uh, I didn't bring my plate gear, so we were like rotating around, getting over my chance. I didn't bring my plate gear that day, so I was just out. I did first base, second base, third base, and got to talk to all the coaches and talk to some of the players. It was a it was a pretty low key scrimmage. It was a spring scrimmage, so Elijah, the next Dave Schillinglaw, media and uh, umpiring. You know, that's uh, yeah. that's good. Well, I, I, there is one thing for sure. They have Chris keeps uh, trying to go. Chris keeps trying to go. Hey, they, they will have they will have a lot of competition in the when they start up in the spring in February and practice when they get ready for the season. They do have a deep roster that they will have a lot of competition. I mean, they're guys are gonna be guys are not guaranteed spots. So at least they have you know, they got a rebound from last year. Um, you know, at least they have they have recruited themselves into options. I mean, yeah. it's not that yeah. easy. You replace, you replace your middle infield of those two studs. Um, you know, yeah. and now maybe they will shift to they will be really good on the mound. Hmm. Well, and you can build around Carey offensively. Uh, he's he's a yep. he's an exceptional talent at, at the plate. Hmm. They just need they need to stay healthy on the mound. That's their biggest thing. Yeah. Well, and Childress is going to be running the shop now. Like, yep. That's another part different. of why they might shift to where they're. 
their studs are on the uh, rubber. Yeah, if nothing else, Childress definitely instilled that. We saw that up close is just kind of that sort of bulldog mentality. Those guys worked quick. They, they hung around the zone regularly. Um, hmm. Any other sport you want to hit on? Volleyball? Well, well Gary, we're, we're 15 hey. seconds away from hey. you officially hitting hey. the hour mark with us here on a Saturday hey. morning. Yeah. Okay, so one quick thing. This is uh, so, so. <laughs> and we're going to hit it. Chris's hey. face is just okay, classic. I promise. This is the great way to end. This is, the, did you see last week the game day sign, the Colorado fan that had Nebraska's a volleyball, volleyball school? school. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. we're all very proud of that. That's yeah, us. Yeah. You know, we, why, why not? Look at the volleyball team we got, and they should crush Penn yeah. State tonight. Um, so there's a little bit of a interesting competition going on. Let's go back to the Michigan game. There's a Michigan defensive player named Braden McGregor. Okay. The guy playing quarterback that day is Heinrich Harburg for Nebraska. McGregor sacks Harburg. Everybody knows by now that Heinrich Harburg is dating Harper Murray. Not everybody knew this, but okay, outside hitter Harper Murray, number one, one yeah. of the top players in America. She owns the left pin for Nebraska as a true friend. Yes. Go on. Braden McGregor is dating the other Murray sister at Michigan. Oh, really? And posted the picture of him sacking Heinrich Harburg on Instagram tagged Harper Murray said volleyball school question mark. <laughs> that is next level right there. That is next That's level. That's a little bit too personal. Where do you find uh, this Gary? I got sources. Great. <laughs> I don't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> You're just scrolling IG all night. Trying to... Sharpie wow. gets back from his TV gig and curtains are open and it's it's go time. I love it. <laughs> that is, I'll tell you what though, that is some deep level smack talk right there. Like that's that's tough to top, right? Like what do you say yeah. if you're at that point? Oh, uh, you say you know what? Yeah, right now we are, and I'm very happy about it. Did you see Saturday night in Ann Arbor? Nebraska crushed Michigan. That's Ooh. right. That's right. Nebraska, huh? But if you know, I mean, if things. It's a traveling tour, is what it is. Every time Nebraska volleyball descends on a Big Ten school, it's a sellout. Oh, Gary, we got some time. Let's talk about Husker volleyball. Big match tonight, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) You know, last night they were a little clunky against Michigan State. Um, That's right. You know, it's a big one tonight against Penn State. And then, guys, here's here's the debate about next Saturday. Nebraska Northwestern kicks off at 2.30. Nebraska-Wisconsin volleyball is at 7. You know what the traffic is like around the Devaney Center. That match is huge. Do people that have tickets to both, when do they bail on the football game? Because we know that football is not played in a three-hour window. So, like, right after 6, there is going to be – I mean, are you better at walking from Memorial Stadium to the Devaney Center than trying to go find a parking spot? Absolutely. That's that's not a bad walk. Yeah. It is closer than it I, I used to be with the roads that have been built, right? Like it used to seem like two separate well, and sides of town. You, you have the trail underneath the you have the trail underneath Antelope Valley as well. Now that kind of helps yeah. with some of the walking. And I understand not everybody is a, a 24 year old like myself that can make that walk easily. <laughs> but if you are able to make that walk, really not that bad. Get uh, get a couple beers hey. in you after the game between the let's, two, let's and it makes get, the walk go pretty quick. Let's rent about six school buses, charter <laughs> from West wow. Stadium. To Devaney, that would make for a great day. Why don't bring they show? A, bring why don't a cooler. They, they you got number one Wisconsin, number two Nebraska. Why don't they show it on Husker Vision if you want to stay in Memorial Stadium and watch after Nebraska Northwestern? Mm. It's gonna be seventy-five and, and great. Why not? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll hey, tell Jim you this, Tori. I don't think so. You know, you don't think so? No, I seventy. No, I think it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be what it's supposed to be in fall around here. Uh, yeah. Still, but still, that is a. Next Saturday is like a Husker f- sports paradise. You got a home football game that also remember that's the the throwback uniform. So Nebraska actually be wearing blue for that game. Is that Northwestern? Sort that's of. Next? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. They'll be they're wearing the the throwback the blue uniforms. trim around the numerals. Yes, yeah. Miller South tribute. Yes, and then uh, then you have the mega volleyball match where if Nebraska is headed where they are, where I think they're headed. I mean, you can't let Wisconsin roll into the Vanny Center and just clean up and go home. And speaking of where you think they're headed, this is a – Nebraska's been a very similar team, I think, in the four-ish years leading up to here. They are currently transitioning. They're, they're keeping that defensive mentality. Uh, 
but now they have offensive like weaponry uh, that yeah. they really haven't had. Well, we talked about earlier about breeding competition on the offensive line. Cook's program was a perfect example of that because for bait and horse, for Krause, for those folks, it was like sink or swim time. Yep. Krause's rising well, to it. Yeah. Lindsay, and, uh, I tell you what, Lindsay, after, um, and I've known Lindsay and her family for a long time a- after her, her little accident and sitting out, I mean, she's come back and she's playing like I thought Lindsay Krause would play because yeah. she was inconsistent through the first 15. Oh, yeah. So, and I also believe this, and I, and I, I think this is a little bit from coach cook. They still haven't played as good as he thinks they can play. No, no. And he's also got he's now in that transition. Out. He's also his freshman. No, you got to keep them on path because now they're starting to play a lot more volleyball than they played in the fall. And so mm-hmm. things are starting to wear on them and you're starting to play yep. the competition, starting to ratchet up. So how he carries them through this portion of the season to get them ready on the back end. But man, they are a joy to watch. They, when they are on, they are dominant. Andy Jackson and Harper Murray yep. are going to be absolute legends here. Yep. And then Choboy. Yep. I, I'm, I'm not um, sure I've seen many players ever like Laney Choboy. She well, plays and, like a, a strong safety or something. I don't know what. The, and you know something else, crazy. Mark, um, as Elijah and Chris are just going to X out of this conversation. Don was um, Oh, I thought you guys were just going <laughs> to I got to go. Um, he is, we forget about Lexi Rodriguez. And right. she might be the most important person on this roster, yeah. but there's all these freshmen, and we're like, oh. And then, oh, by the way, there's Lexi Rodriguez digging every 100-mile-an-hour serve coming at her or return. And if you're Laney Choboy, that is probably the one person in America where you understand you're going to have to sit behind. No. And it's okay. <laughs> right? Yeah, she's just sort of like, all right, that's okay. She, uh, she's going to be an Olympian. But, you know, it's obvious. Um, wow. Yeah. How about that? Hey, we haven't touched on bowling. No. <laughs> uh, We're five uh, minutes away from two hours. <laughs> Our rifle. We have not talked rifle. No. Oh, let's see who rifles got. Bro. Hey, Schmitty. Enjoy, thank you, Elijah. Schmitty, Elijah, Mark, thank you very much. We'll do this for a football game next week. Yeah, we'll see you at the uh, the single barrel, uh, noon to two, weekend edition on site. Gary, Sh- that Sharpie. was one hour and seven minutes of oh. fantastic conversation. God, we, 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 will send you, we will send Sharpie the check. That is hey, a new record, by the, the way. Point. You are now the, that's the longest appearance we have ever had from a guest on Hale Varsity Radio, at least dating back to when I have started, and I can't imagine one hour and seven minutes gets beat anytime soon.